Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 17-10 and we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. There we go. <laughs> and every week we get together and listen to great video game music of all consoles and all generations. And it's been... This is our, our, our first week back from uh, Washington, D.C. with Pixelated Audio and the VG Embassy. And we're learning such wacky things. Like, I learned today that my microphone is actually powered by specters and spooks. Yeah, phantom power is no joke. It's booze. It's just a bunch of booze. Uh, you know, B-O-O-S. I know, but I'm still <laughs> laughing. Like, there's a bunch of booze involved. It's powered by booze. But now, like, all my levels are screwed up, so the, the opening of this episode's a little up and down it's because i'm i'm switching a lot of dials um, hey. so we were in uh, washington dc at the library of congress where brian and gene from the podcast pixelated audio talked about the history a very brief history of video game music which was i mean it was for 30 minutes they got a lot of information it was really cool they included ease in the presentation so yeah. i was content they talked about ease they talked about um uh gyrus it was cool. They really did get very clear, but they also were very concise with their info because they were given a short period of time mm -hmm. to talk about what could easily be a multi-hour discussion. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can spend a whole day on it. But uh, it's all because the Library of Congress has decided to start archiving uh, games and game music. And so they commissioned a piece of music from Alex Wintery, um, who worked on the games Bastion and Journey and it was okay. You know, it's not my thing, but it was interesting, and we heard it a few times. I was good with the music itself. Yeah. It was definitely oh, really? the kind of music you would use for an emotional scene or a quiet atmosphere in like a story-driven game. So not the sort of thing mm -hmm. that a lot of gamers would listen to outside of their game. Yes. But it works within the context of a game, which in this situation, it kind of was not because they claimed it was for a game, but it was actually like this sort of like... Slow moving portrait, right? So it was designed. It was designed to be interactive. With check one, <laughs> here I am. It was designed to be interactive with um, a piece of artwork on the screen, but the interactivity wasn't really. It, I mean, no I don't, don't want to like users. go on about it. Yeah, but it was mo it, the, the the music was essentially modular, so that the, the musicians playing the piece didn't know what was coming next, and they could pick the different parts, and and then the parts would be chosen for them depending on what the crowd did. It was pretty interesting, but in the end, it was fun. The the was was the Triforce Quartet. Yeah, those guys are oh, awesome. So that the string quartet playing, they played Zelda music, Final Fantasy boss music, just just boss music. That mm -hmm. was so cool. Boss medley. Yeah, I like that a lot. There was a performance. Pong, performance like Pong as performance art. We watched an old lady get her butt beat. Oh my gosh! Some of it was actually embarrassing. <laughs> no, she was she was she started to make a bit of a comeback towards the end, but that early load was like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. And then when it was all done, we watched the two combatants get up. It was like, oh, it all makes sense now. And yet she still was doing okay towards the end. She was mm -hmm. trying to make up the difference, but it just wasn't enough. Yeah. It was, I mean, so it made it made enough for us to, to be like, oh, it's an exciting pong match, but in the end, it was just one sided, one sided, very <laughs> much one sided. Um, yeah, so all this week, 
all this month, rather, we're talking about our favorite games of a specific genre. So before we get into that, okay, I wanted to bring up the game of the month. Oh, I was, that's right. Yeah, the game of the month. How are you doing in this game of the month? So I'm having thoughts about this game. What's the game? So how to talk about without spoiling it. So the game that we're playing this month is The Messenger. Mm-hmm. For those in the know, it's you know what it is. But for those not in the know, it is one of the indie darlings of 2018. It's sort of think Ninja Gaiden with some tweaks. All right? Yes. Now, I'm playing it for the first time. And I've recently gotten past the whoa weird thing that happens. And I got to say... Game is enjoyable. I'm enjoying the how, platform. How far past that that kind of we would say when the the game takes a turn? How far past that are you? I am in the ruins. Okay. So not I'm I'm getting into it. I'm into the point, I'm getting to the point where things yeah, are gonna happen. You're past the cloud stage. Yeah. Okay. So what I've come to realize, and this I realize because you know a lot of people out there who have played through the game in full. See, there's two schools for it. There's the school of this game was awesome. Just awesome game. And that's all it'll tell you. Yes. And there's another school that says first half was good. Second half kind of fell off. Huh. Now. Why would you think that is? And this is where I'm, I think I have a guess because I'm experiencing it, but I'm compartmentalizing it <laughs> to enjoy the game. Okay. What is it? So this game, The Messenger as we know, is meant to be kind of like an homage to like the games like Ninja Gaiden, yes. but in its own style, its own tweaks. But at the same time, it, em- it emboldened, it, it basically gave you the impression that it was going to also be kind of like uh, games, think like, a, maybe not Metroid, but a game where you ultimately get upgrades as you progress through the game. Basically, new abilities that will allow you to do new awesome things. Essentially, the game goes from linear to Metroidvania. Well, not even a that. A little bit. That part wouldn't wouldn't be an issue to me. I like. I heard about that from the trailers. So, what's the issue for now? I'm, I'm getting to the issue. I'm just rushing to the meat of the conversation. <laughs> the t bone steak of I'm this ordeal. The hungry man frozen dinner <laughs> of the, of this this podcast. So, this t bone steaks issue, this delicious morsel, is that. While the first half of the game is linear, the other half of that that people don't talk about as much is that you get various upgrades as you go. Yeah. And while yeah, I'll yeah, admit yeah. a lot of the store stuff is kind of like, eh, it's okay. It's the other things like the the wingsuit and the rope dart. This is all within the first like two hours. Oh, so yeah, it's not yeah, a yeah. big spoiler. You, you get this stuff, yeah. Yeah, you get these cool things. But then once the flip dually happens, there's not a whole lot left. Like oh. the store is just generic, like Find all the goods upgrades, but nothing. That kind of answers needy. A, a question that I had going through the game was the, the there's a list of upgrades and there's like a tree of them and I've gotten almost all of them and then the game does that turn. I know there's like now I'm like oh but probably about halfway through maybe a little bit less I'm probably going to get more cool stuff. You won't. <laughs> That's the hiccup. Like another like another tree becomes okay. available. Okay, but. It's nothing substantial. Nothing so that makes you feel like, oh, now I have this cool new ability. I'm going to put it to use. So, but that's, uh, would, I don't know if that's so much of a detriment, though, to the game. Oh, it would be. yeah. 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 So. Like, they're, they're, they're tantalizing you with more food, and you're like, oh, yeah, here comes the second course. We're going to go for it. And then you get started, and it's like, here's some more Hungry Man dinners. Actually, I like I like yours better. I was going to say it tantalizes you with like you get one meal and you're yeah. like, okay, here's a T-bone, here's a ribeye, and here's just some 
expired cauliflower. I had to say it because I like cauliflower, but I don't like expired. Expired. <laughs> it's an expired cauliflower, which is basically it's on your plate. It's smelly. You're, they served it to you. You don't want to be a jerk, so you eat it. You know, <laughs> and then you get to the second half. Like, okay, maybe the second course is going to be awesome too. I'm looking forward to the second course. It's like here's a bunch of mustard packets. <laughs> you can put those on your steak if you have some left over. Damn. But you're saying part. The second half of the messenger is just mustard no, packets. No, 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 no. <laughs> the the upgrade and shopping component yeah. is a bunch of mustard packets. But yeah. with that okay. said, with okay. that said, the yeah. platforming itself mm-hmm. remains solid. Dude, the, the the gameplay is super tight. Like you you hit the button, it moves the um the platform spacing and all of the enemies and all of the the, the challenges it throws at you. It seems fair. But it's like super challenging at the same time, and it's fun. Yeah, yeah, and that's the stuff I like. So you're focusing in on that. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't blame. You. I mean, like that, and absolutely the music too. Yeah, the, mu- like, the music changes too, and the, which is awesome. Because now, if you were to say take that and then compare it to say Ninja Gaiden, right? Right. Like just flat out Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden's like okay, there's no upgrades except for whatever items you pick pick up along the way, mm-hmm. and it's just just go. Yeah, and that's strangely why it works. I think better, mm. but I'm hoping that I come around to a different perspective about something uh, I completely clear. Here's why. Here's why. Well, I'm just going to say it's not fair to compare a game that was made in like 1980 something to a game that was made last year. It totally is in this perspective because it's not knocking it. It's saying, like, well, I'm not knocking anything. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Neither am I in the sense. Like, it's the thought of saying, well, like, you know, when, you, when somebody makes a game that's meant to be an homage, even if they improve on it in their own way. Right. If someone makes a game that's an homage to another game, mm-hmm. you're inevitably going to make a comparison because that's just how okay. it works. Right, right, right. So when you compare the two, you're like, okay, what makes Ninja Gaiden work? Ninja Gaiden is linear, like the first half of Messengers. There's no upgrades, which would be a loss, but the game works in the sense that the variable play comes from the various weapons you'll find on stages. So you might say, okay, for this section, I'm going to use the windmill throwing sword, but not this time. I'm going to use the, the, the invincible fire wheel right. instead. I'll use the fire wheel up until this point, and then you accidentally pick up another item. Yeah, and you get that crappy light star that is just garbage. <laughs> like Why playing, is even the game? Playing Contra, and you get the spreader, and then you accidentally pick up another machine gun, and you're like, oh. No. no. Exactly. <laughs> and that's where the variability comes in. That's where you kind of feel enticing. I'm going to try again, but this time I'm going to do a little different. It's linear, but there's a little bit of variety. And when you think it's done, like just when you're getting tired of it, it's done. Yeah. So it's very it's concise, too. But with the messenger, there are no pickups. It's just the upgrades at the store and if you get an ability here and there. Mm. So you have this game that moves. And you're like, okay, this is solid. I'm getting my linearity going. This is fun. Then you hit a point where it's like, okay, now it opens up even more. It's a bigger game. So you got extra time you had to put in. Like, okay, that's cool. But where's my... What's, where's the variability in the game? But what's going to entice me to want to do uh, more? It's like, there's no upgrades to find out so aside from like generic er, wacky thing. Early game, the upgrades are like a goal. You're working towards that. Yep. You yep. get the upgrades that, that change the gameplay yep, up plus you. the linearity. I think that. I think that. I think that sums it up nicely. Oh yeah. You, you kind of you start to miss that those that that goal isn't there anymore, which was the goal for so long. I can't wait to get the thing after that rope dart. Okay, I love it's the coming. Ca- I love the characters, though. The bosses and everything. They all oh. talk back, and they all, they're all they all funny. They're so good. I was just mining for rock. I, I don't want to spoil it. No, no, spoil it. But like, the writing in this game is really clever. And the shopkeeper is hilarious. Oh, the shopkeeper is great. Talk to the shopkeeper every chance you get, because you see the shopkeeper a lot in this and game. And I, I do need to say this one thing in case you're the type of gamer that doesn't do this. 
there will be a point where you go to the store and there's and it's just empty. I'm yes. not going to tell you why or how. <laughs> Check everything yeah, I did that as too. <laughs> many times as you possibly can. Oh, I think I missed something then. I'm talking like 20 to 30 times. Yeah, I did that. The, I did that early game just to see what would happen, and it was like, oh, okay, I guess there's nothing. I'll come back later. It's specifically in the point where the shop's empty, though. Oh, do it then. Do it then. It was worth it. All right, we'll talk. We'll talk after. We'll talk after the. Uh, we'll, t- we'll talk during the music where people can't hear us. <laughs> All right, so um, that's the game of the month, the messenger. Check us out on Facebook.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels or the Rhythm and Pixels chat um, group. And we're talking about it there. Of course, I'm not talking about it. I'm just playing more Enter the Gungeon. But we're running out of time <laughs> to talk about because Purnell came to the house and I was still playing because uh, of the the, uh, the last uh, update. But this week, we're talking about um, another one of our favorite games or ga- games within a genre. Mm-hmm. And so last week, we did RPGs, which I was, you know, I don't like. You R- held your own a bit. I did. I, I did enough. I, I played enough RPGs for the show. <laughs> <laughs> just enough. over my lifetime, I think I've played six. <laughs> um, but no, this this week we're doing fighting games. This is Rob's wheelhouse. Yes, I played a lot of fighting games. I have my favorites. That isn't to say I'm no slouch. I'm no, no. slouch. No, no, no. And I, so I briefly saw the games he picked from, and I'm, I'm excited to hear from this. I don't know this too well because we kind of think I think we're I think we're excited by different things, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to fighting games. We're like we're into the different. Styles. Oh yeah. Um, so my first track, uh, since this is an even numbered episode, I'm going to go all in and play from the game Capcom versus SNK Millennium Fight 2000. Ooh. This is for the Sega Dreamcast, and I am playing uh, the it's the European and Japanese version, which has vocals in the track. This is the stage of Final Fight Needle from Satoshi Issei. Oh my gosh. Alright, this is the stage of Final Fight, also known as Needle from the game Capcom vs. SNK Millennium Fight 2000 for the Sega Dreamcast, composed by Satoshi Issei. Uh, this, is, this was a banger. Pretty awesome, right? Here, right? Oh, yeah. Um, most of my tracks this episode have vocals on them, and most of them are rap. <laughs> so <laughs> you, might, you, know. you can imagine there's going to be some interesting 
stuff popping up, but we are a family-friendly podcast, yes. so know that we are looking out for you, so no worry about it. No worry about it. Yeah, this is this is only in Japan and Europe this was released with the lyrics because there is some cursing at the very end there, and it's isolated enough that I can just sort of rub it out. Man, it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I could do this. <laughs> Gotta do it. Gotta do it. So yeah, like, um, all right, so when I first heard about Capcom versus SNK, Capcom, of course, the creators of Street Fighter, mm-hmm. SNK... Very popular, the creators of King of Fighters, mm-hmm. and then there was talk. I mean, they've they've always had kind of a rivalry over over the period. Right, because people would go to the arcades and they say, "Who's which? The better fighting series?" Yeah, King of it was King of Fighters. There was Fatal Fury. There was Street Fighter, mm-hmm. and it's Mortal Kombat. But yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what. Yeah. Um, but uh, from the Japanese companies, right? So Capcom is Tokyo, and SNK is in I think they're in Osaka. Okay, so they're kind of like on opposite ends of the spectrum. And when it announced that they were going to do a collaboration game where it was going to be Capcom versus SNK, where it's SNK fighters within a Capcom game. And then there was going to be a SNK versus Capcom game where it was going to be like a King of Fighters game, but with like Street Fighter characters in it. So the art style was going to be different. The gameplay was going to be different. I was super stoked. Um, And I immediately went out and got the um, import uh, for the Dreamcast. And I loved it. Played it to death. It is one of my favorite fighting games of all time. And when I heard this, all the stages open with like kind of like a, a quick little uh, animation and then the music starts. Mm-hmm. In this stage, it looks like um, Road Blasters. Yes. And then all of a sudden, the car crashes. The screen goes dark, and then it goes back up again. And it's um, it's a big back alley street with a car crashed into like a, uh, like a wall. Like, like a wall. And so this, this, is like, this is the final fight stage where Cody's... Cody comes back. Yes, he's like, uh, he like breaks out of jail or something. Nice. It's really cool. And and like then the rap lyrics kick in, and I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Now I gotta ask this question here. So I know Capcom SNK was like you just said yourself. There was a Ca- SNK character just moved to a Capcom game. Yes. Did the SNK versus Capcom end up being what was SVC Chaos? I think so. I I, I honestly I'm not so sure about that one. Um, I don't think I played that one. I think it was though because. Like Ryu and Chun Li, they don't look like they normally do. Yeah, and they, had, <laughs> yeah. they had like a bunch of whack. I think Zero was in that one, or maybe it was SBC Chaos Two. If there was a sequel, yeah, maybe. But I know Zero was in one of those. I don't know what system that was released on. If it was just in the arcades, I never really got a chance to play it because I played this one like a whole whole lot. Like they even got down to the point where you can choose how you do your super moves, mm-hmm. like how you charge up, um, where you can either be like a normal Street Fighter, where like as you fight, a bar gradually moves up. Or you can be like in older SNK games where you have to hold down buttons and you, you, you like Dragon Ball charge up. And for the record, I kind of want to see more stuff like this because you think about These like, crossover type things. Yeah, because yeah. I know I'm pretty sure Smash Brothers happened before this game did. But Smash Brothers, at least back then, wasn't really a, like a franchise crossover. Mm-hmm. It was like here's some Nintendo characters beating yeah. each other up. But exactly. this was two companies yeah, whose franchises clash with each other. Outside of the game. Oh, yeah. This is the Marvel slash DC Comics universe. Yes. Like thrown together. Which is something that I would also love to see happen. Yeah. A Marvel versus DC fighting game or something. Action game where you can just pit the companies together with their characters and like, okay, who's the stronger character? The Joker or like, I don't know, Magneto. For the yeah. record, if it's not Magneto, something's wrong. Oh, it's got to be Magneto. <laughs> something's you, wrong. You no, know it's Ian McKellen. <laughs> um, all right. So... I did a whole lot of research on this track because this is one of the... There's a few tracks in this game that have a lot of sampling in it. And Satoshi Issei did a ton of sampling on this track. 
So first, I got to give a shout out to um, everyone I reached out to today about the rap vocals, because <laughs> I did everything I could to find the vocals on this one. I found the acapella of this track, and um, working with Michael Bridgewater, working with Electric Boogaloo, and my, our friend Chris, um, can't find it anywhere else. So we have, it's our opinion that the vocals on this track are just from like a, a sample CD. But you got to kind of love that we even have enough of a, a cool like social friend circle oh, yeah. within this community that you could even just go, hey, EB, I need some help with this. Can you do, can you help me with well, some leg work? This all goes back. So um, Chris, our friend Chris Smith, I mean, Chris Smith, I can say his name. He's, you know, it's a pretty- Someone's going to look him up and like, Chris Smith. Yeah, anyway. Um, so he, like we, we went to high school together and like we've been friends forever but like we collect records together and he listens to a lot of old school rap and picks out the samples and then finds the records for them he's given me a lot of them like for my birthday presents and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so he's really good at picking out samples and he, he couldn't figure out where the vocals came from but we did find a bunch of other stuff so first we're going to start with um, well, the opening sample I don't have on me, but I have the final record. It's from an album called Do You Like Scratching by <laughs> Malcolm McLaren and the world-famous Supreme Team. And it's really like, it's super 80s. It's not that the best scratching. So but. you're saying, yes, he found the samples that are in here. Yes. So we're going to start with the drum sample. It's from T-La Rock and Jazzy J. It's yours. Um, so that was this was the drums, and then we have um, <laughs> then we have the bass sample f- uh, from Rose Royce, and the track's called Yo Yo. Pretty rad, right? I am digging this. All right, and then we have um, um, some of the that the vocal samples. Oh yeah, no. Unfortunately, I, I don't have the the vocal samples and some of the other sound effect samples in the background. But they're pretty like you can you can find them. Like a lot of it's it's one uh, really common stuff from like Buffalo Gals. The opening of the track you heard right away. It was oh, yeah, one yeah. DMC. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where all that's from. I'm so, just laughing when you're like it's very common stuff like Buffalo Gals. I'm like yeah, I've heard of them. Okay. <laughs> common stuff as in the, like Public Enemy. I like, know, I know. Yeah, I, just, yeah, I, just, yeah. I just I just took it in another real, direction. Real classic stuff. But yeah, so I wanted I wanted to give like a little bit of a sneak peek into like the sampling behind this track. The, the bass line is really noticeable, which is really cool. It's honestly is like really good because like fun fact about me is like while you won't catch me listening to rap typically like in my day to day, growing up I actually liked rap quite a bit. Though as you well probably remember about me, I was never really good at remembering artists and tying them to their songs yeah, up until yeah. I was like a like an early adult. So I can't really place who wrote what songs I listened to back in the day. I just know that I still like like the lyric, how lyrics would flow, and how like basically just how it comes together and how oh, it yeah. sounds. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when this went up and started playing, it clicked for me immediately. And of course, I was like, "Oh wait, let's Run DMC!" <laughs> 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 I was like, "Yeah." yeah you, you, every once in a while, things pop up, and you're like, in the back of your brain, you're like, "I know that. I know that." Really? <laughs> really? Um, all right. So yeah, that is. From Capcom versus SNK, um, I played that game to death. Loved it uh, on the Dreamcast specifically. I never played this one in the arcade. Um, so we're on to your first track. What you got? This is a tough decision. I don't, but I think I'm going to have to go with this one because between the two, I had more of an affinity with one, but the other just genuinely sounds better. So I'm taking it. Okay, let's go for it. Um, the track I'm going to pick is from the game Street Fighter Alpha Three. Oh, nice. And the track title is Decisive Bout. 
and is composed by Takayuki Iwai. Welcome back. You're listening to Decisive Bout from the game Street Fighter Alpha 3, composed by Takayuki Iwai. So, this track is a banger. Dude, now, it's cool, man. I like the guitar samples in it. Like, it's it sounds really clean, like like live guitar, but like it does all these kinds of crazy, like little stutters and, and bends and stuff. It's it's really neat. Now, see, uh, there's uh, much of the OST is like has like cool, clean sounds mm-hmm. like that. There's a lot of variety in it, but it has a distinct sound that kind of permeates throughout the entire OST. But this one stood it was between this and one other track which may end up showing up at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. but another track from Alpha 3. Yeah. Okay. But this was the one I decided had to be on the show. So, for those who aren't aware, this is the theme for a character who goes by the name of Charlie in America, but I think it was Nash in Japan. A Charlie Nash. Wait, his, his name was his name was not Charlie Nash. Yes it was. Oh dear lord. Yes it is. He's terrible. He's, he's in Street Fighter 5 now. Oh, so the, okay. Yeah. I remember hearing he's like a, like a weird like cyborg or a mutant or something yeah. in that he game. He actually his character actually is connected to the the song of my next character that I'm going to talk about. So I love how this has become like a cohesive story because this is why I, I wasn't going to play it, but like the lore all fits together. But I'll, I'll lead into it. So what are you going to say? <laughs> so like you might be wondering, so why in the world would Pernell bring up like Street Fighter anything? Yeah, this isn't his wheelhouse. So. The reason why, and why I honestly still look at it as being like a, one of a favorite all fighting game of mine, is that back when Street Fighter Alpha 3 first came out on console, my wheelhouse for fighting games was kind of light. I didn't have a lot in my pedigree. I tried to get into Mortal Kombat, tried to get into Basic Street Fighter 2, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't. Um, and I wanted to be a part of the Cool Kids Club, the guys <laughs> who did play fighting games. But all I was able to enjoy was Rival Schools and Smash Brothers at that time. And mm. I guess Evil Zone, but that's not a freaking fight. Come on. Evil Zone's cool, though. It's cool, but it ain't no fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a weird, wacky game. Yeah. Um, so when this game came out, I felt compelled to give it a shot. And one of the major components of that was... And when you say came out, you give it a shot on, on console? On console. Okay. okay. Um, is that it had... Aside from the, the the ridiculous roster of characters, oh, this game has a huge roster. Enormous amount of characters. I think this is probably still the largest a Street Fighter roster's ever been. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. But in addition to that, yeah. 
and the fact that it had the isms, which yes. was, I think was AV and something else. Right. So in the Alpha series, uh, Alpha 1 and Alpha 2, this was like Capcom's, like, they want to make Street Fighter a little more anime style. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the first game, they had, you know, a normal super bar that kind of powered up. And the second and game... that was the A-ism? That was, yeah, an A. And then the second game, you can do, like, uh, EX moves, which... Was like no, it's like a V variable v, combo. Variable combo, which means like for a certain amount of time, all of your buttons combo together. Kind of hard to use, but really devastating if you could. But it was like no, it's like there's no downtime to your moves. Exactly, there's no cool, there's no um, uh, cooldown period to your attacks. And then in the three, they said, okay, well here's all of these. You can have one big super powered move. You can have three levels of a super, or you can have the variable combo. And that's what they called them isms. Yeah. And <laughs> I was all about the V ism because I like just going bonkers oh, really, with like a really. super combo. Yeah, yeah. In competitive play, the V the, the V the V ism is probably the the most powerful one. It's glorious, man. But in addition to those, the thing that really got my attention was that this game had like a sort of RPG ish mode to it. Oh, I, I never played the console version. Tell me about that. So it was like it was a world tour mode, uh-huh. and the idea was that you would go around the world battling different opponents. Now it wasn't like you would go there and like a cinema would occur or something like that, but it was like you'd go to different locations and you'd battle other characters who had levels to them, like a level five Charlie or something. Oh, cool! And if you yeah, beat yeah. him, you get experience points to level your guy up, and then when you leveled your guy up, you could put experience into your different isms. And that determined how well you could perform with them. I'm not, I can't remember. Oh, the you can like you kind of like power up your 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 other super moves, to make oh, them stronger and stronger. Yep, you oh, power up the fighting styles and just the character in general. Ah, and it was just it spoke cool. to me in my RPG esque way. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would boot this game up and I would play it. And when certain <laughs> tracks came on, I would have a ball. Like this was a favorite of mine. The one, the character you mentioned on the last pick, Cody. Mm-hmm. That's Co- probably what's going up on the end of the episode. Yeah, Cody. Cody made his first appearance in the Alpha series. Mm-hmm. Actually, Alpha Three. I remember I, I was working at an arcade. We had Street Fighter Three. I think like a second impact or something. And then someone, then uh, the arcade techs came in and said, "Hey, we got a new game in. You know, you can help us. You know, do this, that, or whatever. Get everything plugged in." And I said, "Sure, sure." I got up there and I was like, "Alpha Three." I remember the Alpha series. I don't think they were making them anymore. And we turned it on, and there was like every character I could think of was in this it was game. It's like 40 characters. E Honda was in it. Blanka was in it. All these classic characters are back in the game. Who was your favorite? Do you recall? Karen. Karen? Karen. So Sakura. Her theme is good, too. So, yeah, Sakura's got a great theme also. But Sakura, who is was in the Alpha series, who is kind of like the little girl who follows Ryu around, mm-hmm. her, um, alter, her uh, uh, nemesis is like the, this, the, the rich girl, you know. I gotta say, uh, there's uh, Karen, who's uh, awesome. Like she had the best like counter move types, like things in the game. Really I think this is. I think that's glorious. Out of forty characters, <laughs> your favorite character was Karen. Karen, she's awesome. Because out of forty characters, uh-huh. my favorite character was Sakura. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, that's she great. She was a speed demon in that game. So clearly, we have. Rivals, <laughs> we picked our favorite characters were rivals in that game. Sakura, Sakura was pretty cool. Um, in all fairness, like she, she, it wasn't like her moves were underpowered, but like it was just she played differently. Yeah, yeah. You would like ex- reuse kick was like her hurricane kick, so you go up and you kind of just go across the screen a bit. Whereas hers was just like lunge, like a kind of lunging roundhouse. Yes, yeah, and uh, and then in later games. Uh, those types of moves were exaggerated a little bit more, so that like those kinds of like like those roundhouse moves that kind of like went forward could be used to combo into other moves and things like that. It's it's really cool. Al- Alpha Three is a really 
fun game. It's fast. It's much faster paced than some of the other Street Fighter games. There's a lot of characters. The music is really cool because because mm. it has all the music from the previous games plus new ones and arrangements. Yes. And it sounds really clean, especially like listening to it on its own. Like the the the, um, the original soundtracks released for this game sound awesome. And funny thing about this also, unless I'm unless I'm thinking about the wrong game, but I don't <laughs> think I am. I also really like the intro quotes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is that Go one. Go for it, man. Go for broke. Go for broke. Yeah. Finishing strike or something like that. Yeah, the, Triumph. Uh, the announcer die. is really, um, really specific. Actually, I should have mentioned Capcom versus SNK. The the second one, Capcom versus SNK Part Two. Mm-hmm. The announcer of that game is the voice in our in our opening theme song. Ah, the ready. ready. Yeah, that's. I forget the. Um, I think it is actually Satoshi Issei. I think that's his voice, <laughs> uh, which is pretty cool. All right, so. Charlie Nash, right? Yeah. So we know and Guile from Street Fighter Two. The very and for the record, I used to call him Other Guile. <laughs> other Guile. He is essentially Other Guile. So like they were like friends or whatever. I don't know. Um, and the, the story of Street Fighter Two, Guile is looking for Charlie. Uh huh. Charlie went missing. Um, and Alpha, because Alpha takes place before Street Fighter Two, he's still alive, and so you can play as Charlie. Okay. Um, what happens is M Bison kidnaps Charlie mm-hmm. because he is trying to use his psycho power. <laughs> To create dolls, yeah, like Julie and Junie. Yeah, so they're dolls. He's creating other, um, essentially other bodies that he can put his power into. So psycho force. He's looking for another body to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, so my game is Street Fighter Four. That's the next game I'm going to choose from. It's going to be Julie or Junie's theme, isn't it? No, it's Abel. Oh wow! So Abel was my main. It still is. If I play Street oh, Fighter Four, I'm playing Abel. So, when M. Bison was trying to find a new body to put his his um his himself into a new body for M. Bison, mm-hmm. he was going to pick Abel because okay. Abel was like designed to be like he was essentially like was genetically groomed. engineered to be M. Bison's new body. And then when he was going to put his his soul into Abel, Charlie Nash jumped in the way. Really? Yeah, and absorbed everything, and then in air quotes died. And so and that's then, why he disappeared. So Abel has no memory of his past, but is trained to like you know be a badass. <laughs> that's his story in Street Fighter Four. Was he was originally going to be a vessel for M Bison. Oh. Um, now in Street Fighter Five, uh, Nash returns, but he looks like a zombie. It's because he has he's he like the psycho power destroyed his body or whatever. He looks really cool. Whoa! All right, so I'm gonna play from Street Fighter Four. This is the theme of Abel. This was on the PS3, the Xbox 360, and Steam. And it's composed by Hideke Fukusawa.
This is the theme of Abel from the game Street Fighter 4. This was composed by Hideki Fukusawa. And yeah, like I said, Abel was my main in Street Fighter 4. So when, when 4 came out, like I have, to, I have to talk about this. Street Fighter 4 changed everything. Because before Street Fighter 4, there were other fighting games out. Oh yeah. But they, it wasn't like, it wasn't the boom like it was in the arcades. The arcades aren't around anymore. Um, internet play was just becoming a thing again with Xbox 360, but it was still in its early stages. Mm-hmm. So even like network play wasn't a big thing. Um, so, it was definitely boosting up though, because when Xbox yeah. Live kicked, that's when more people started getting into so, online play. Capcom essentially took a gamble with like, you know, what, let's make another Street Fighter. So they brought it back, and it was only like maybe eight. Eight or ten. I think it was only eight characters when it first came back out. Yeah, it was um, a eight, very light roster. Very I light. bought it too. Yeah, I bought it to play with you. Um, it came out on my birthday, and I was like, "Oh, I'm stoked about this! I'm re- I can't wait to try Street Fighter again." And I fell in love with it. And I was like, I wanted to um, get really good with one of the new characters. Should have been Crimson Viper. No, I was Abel. <laughs> should have been Abel. Crimson always. Viper. It should have been Crimson. Crimson Viper was pretty great, but yeah, Abel was one of the the new characters introduced into the game. He's a grappler. He's kind of a mix between a grappler and like just a normal fighter, and um, really liked it. But like, there haven't been there had there weren't a whole lot of fighting games up to this point, and then Street Fighter Four got so popular, and then with network play became so so popular that more and more tournaments started um, getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger around the country. And I would say it really took like maybe it happened at the same time that esports was 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 rising at the same time mm-hmm. but i feel like because of street fighter 4 um, competitive fighting games is what it is today and it's like really high level esports there's money involved it's all over the all over the world i mean it makes sense in a way because yeah. while i'm not as entrenched in the fighting scene as you are so you can definitely catch me if i'm not catching something mm-hmm. here but Evo never stopped. No, it was just low key. Like it, it was like it was like basking on the on the fumes of older games over and over. Oh again. right, right. Like before, yeah. Like like yeah. Uh, uh, E3. It was called the the B series or the Battle series. It took place in Las Vegas one time a year, like once a year, and it was not that many people. Now it's like thousands of people over the course of an entire week. And that's what I was leading it's into. Insane. Like once four came out. It's like it's almost like people were just waiting for a resurgence oh, of yeah. old into the new. Yes. And once they had access, like let's get down with this, let's master a new game because mm-hmm. there were like anime fighters that were popping up here. Though I can't recall if Blaze Blue happened before Street Fighter Four or not. I don't think so. I do know Guilty Gear was functioning. They were making Guilty Gear. Yes. But Guilty Gear at that time, at least, hadn't gotten a. It didn't boom. Yes. Yeah, SNK was still making King of Fighters games, but it didn't really have that. That, that worldwide popularity and, and name recognition that Street Fighter does. Yes, and then once that happened, it clicked. Yeah, so so one thing I should really say about the competitive world of Street Fighter is that it's not like, and, and this is with a lot of other esports too, but it's not like real sports where like there's a league and you have to form a team and but then you have to like, you could. and then you have to qualify to be, before you can even go into like a place like um, Ev- Evolution you know, and, and play against the best of the best. Like you don't have to qualify, and you have to do this or that. There's no qualifiers. The whole, the whole like culture around competitive games, specifically competitive Street Fighter, is that anybody can walk in and compete. And that means that the best of the best have to start at the bottom, like everybody else. 
And even more so, it's or insane. not more so, but also cool is the fact that the best of the best can get taken down by a guy who just walks in off the street. It happens it rarely, <laughs> but it does happen. It's it's amazing. And you're always like, you get to a point with these games where it's like, oh, I'm really, really good. Like, these these good players, it's got to be luck. There's some kind of luck. That, there's something that they know that I don't, but it's got to be luck. And then you, but the, every year, they start at the bottom. And they work their way up through pools, through the tournaments. They work their way through everything to get to the top every year. Like, they're good. And then you get those cool matches where everybody in the crowd's like cheering for oh, you. Oh, it's exciting. And that's the, that's another thing that's great about uh, fighting games in compared to other esports games is that it's two people. It's just one on one. So there's you're not trying to keep track of a team. Um, even if you don't know the game itself, you don't have to know a bunch of crazy rules like StarCraft or League of Legends. But you, you do gotta be able to put those button combos. Yeah, like like the players do, sure. But as a spectator, oh, you just gotta be. You're there just and watching watch. two people beat the crap out of each other, and, and it's, it's glorious. Yeah, it's fun. It's just fun, and and like the crowd gets excited. And you may not know like all of like the little intricacies, of like oh well, if he did it this way, he would have four frames to do blah 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 blah, or he he could have done this combo, but did this combo instead. It doesn't matter. You're just watching two guys just like fight it out. And it's I'll so say this because cool. like this is a perspective for me because whereas you're familiar, I'm that other guy who's not. So I have gone to some like actual tournament scene battles. Yes, and I've been in the crowd during a good match. It's it's and the energy flows like it would at an actual like national sporting event. Or so, like somebody will do like a crazy counterattack, and people are like, "Oh my god!" Oh, and you're yeah. sitting there like, "I don't know what's happening, but I'm energized! Yay!" It's so exciting. It's it is, it, it's called the hype. People get hyped up. It's so much fun. I enjoy it. Like yeah. I honestly, like I I went to Winter Brawl, and honestly, I went back after that last time I went. Because it's like, fun. This is really entertaining. Well, like, there's always I like, like this. especially with like because one, it usually doesn't cost much to enter. Two, you can enter because you don't need any special qualifications. You can just play. Mm-hmm. And there's always other like side things going on. Um, I the, did Magical Drop 3. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of competitive and puzzle games. But, by the way, <laughs> just going to clarify that. Oh, of course you did. Oh, oh, yeah. Hang on one second. My dog is barking. All my enemies going to get right. Like the way a rock combined till the doors are locked. But this rise up, make you hurt a bunch. When I hit you in the face with the one-inch punch. And we're back. <laughs> so Elvis has clearly stopped barking. Right. Well, that is good. That is good. Right. So yeah, puzzle games, like one-on-one puzzle games, are they live right next to fighting games. Yep. And I can tell you a surprising one that's big in the scene. Twinkle's Star Sprite. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's still big in like the sub-tournament scene. Like, while this is happening, let's play Twinkle Star Sprites for money. Would have never thought that. Yeah, mon- money matches are also a big thing. People putting real money on the line and honestly that hit me well because i'm like you know i'm actually okay still at twinkle star sprites i'd put a dollar i'd put five bucks down on a twinkle star sprites mat to see how i do It'd be pretty fun yeah also like uh, you end up playing differently um when there's something on the line oh yeah like yeah. i me personally i mean there will be shifts, don't get me wrong, but I think I typically would play more conservatively when I got to worry about money. Oh, sure. Though, if I see the guy, you know, hobbling, I'm going to go for broke <laughs> and finish him off before he can recover. <laughs> go for broke. But um, anyway, we've, talk- we've talked about uh, talk about this track enough, <laughs> about the world of Street Fighter enough. What's your next track? Well, I think after Street Fighter Alpha 3, my last ones are going to be more so typical Purnell stuff. Okay. So just prepare so this next track, and I'll get into the details about it afterwards, is from the game Arcana Heart 3. And the track title is Suten Tower. 
composed by Motoharu Yoshihiro. back you are listening to and hope you are enjoying Sutin tower from the game arcana heart 3 composed by motoharu yoshihiro and this track gives me so many vibes of from like that would resemble motoi sakuraba that is nuts i love this track so much and it's amazing because whenever i listen to the ost there are specific tracks that usually draw me but i'm surprised i didn't realize how much i would be drawn to this one 
specifically for this episode. Like, mm. I had other tracks in mind. I was like, nope, screw those. From from other tracks from Arcana Heart? Yeah, oh. and I ended up gravitating towards this one, even though this was not one of my usuals. But Ooh. it's so good. Yeah, this is this is the Purnell track, man. Oh, so, yeah. so, so this game fits in what is now known as, or what's commonly known as, anime fighters, mm-hmm. which means it's anime-styled characters, very cartoony-styled. Mm-hmm. Um, usually... Almost usually an all female cast or mostly female cast, and really really heavy on the combos. Wait, what? That, that, that all female thing is it like oh, a maybe, trope? Maybe maybe that's just Arcana Hearts and a few others. But um, yeah, but uh, heavy on combos, mm-hmm. so lots and lots and lots of buttons. Yeah, and usually a lot of air combos, so a lot of fighting in the air while jumping, yes. and you can usually block in the air. Blocking in the air is a, is a sure sign sure sign of an anime fighter. Yep. <laughs> And that's where I'm at. So, but think of it. So, why does Pernell like? It's one thing to say Pernell likes anime fighters, but why this game? Fun thing. So, this happened years ago. You might not even remember this anymore. We went to a game tournament that you wanted to enter for Street, one of the Street Fighter games up in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. I forget what that place was. Classic Game Junkie. Yeah, the um, Super Street Fighter had just come out. Um, I played about 20 rounds against this one guy, just lost every single one. Now, when we went to this tournament, learned I was a mainly I learned gone. A lot, though. <laughs> like, I was mainly gone one to hang out with you for a bit, and two to see what this tournament thing was all about. Yeah, yeah. So I show up and I get there, and there are a couple people playing on some consoles to get up around the store, and I stumble across Arcana Heart Three, which at the time was still fairly new. Mm-hmm. Now, it was singing to me immediately. It was colorful. All the characters were women, which, as you know about me, when I play a fighter, I'm usually picking a woman. Um. And it was very colorful and flashy. Stuff was going around. There was a girl whose it was a character. It was a woman who was swimming in like a jelly thing. Yes, and that was the character. Yes, yeah, so like a giant alien blob, like a boy in his blob. But, yes, but like she's like she's like in a swimsuit swimming inside of it. Yes, yeah, and she fights with the giant blob. Yeah, that's a cool thing. And I was just enamored by the crazy characters that all these people were using, and I started yeah. asking questions like, "What's happening here? What are you doing?" <laughs> and there was like a combo where you could do where you could punch the guy, you launch him in the sky, and you could do like a dash chase and mm. beat him up in the sky. I'm like I love this game. I was like, the only thing is missing is a character with rollerblades, and the character, the guy goes, "Well, actually." Uh, <laughs> and he goes to the character roster, picks a vampire girl with rollerblades. Like, well, I'm buying this game today. <laughs> and I seriously bought the game immediately after I saw the rollerblade character. Yeah. Then took it home, and this is the very first game I attempted to stream record. Oh, okay. I tried to stream record myself practicing combos, hmm. which for me, that's the first time that ever happened. <laughs> I never asked. He was like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to repeat this combo over and over until and over until I get it right. Yeah, so with, with fighting games, like, you need to know everything. Like, to get really good, like, to be the best, you have to know everything about every character. But to get really, you know, to get... I've, Decent. For, for me, to feel good about myself, <laughs> I need to know everything about one character so that the moves and the combos and everything is just muscle memory. So that if I'm in a situation, I can just execute it without thinking about it. And that's what I was trying to that, do with this rollerblading vampire. That takes some time. <laughs> the rollerblading vampire. Oh, so it wasn't the, the blob girl. No, I was drawn. I liked all the characters. There's a lot of wacky characters in this game, but the thing that sold me was the rollerblader. Is this her stage, the Sutton Tower? Mm-mm. I don't mm. think the characters themselves have specific stages. It's just they can, if they're there, they fight. But this stage isn't even the one that I usually choose, so that's why I don't even know who would be attributed to most. I'm usually there for Kamiari Dam. I'm sorry, Kamiari Shrine, which is my main, and there's like Koru Yam Dam, 
And those two levels are like the ones where those are usually my hits for music. And then also the boss theme, which is bosses. Both of the bosses in this game are so broken, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Can you play as the bosses in the game too, or is it just like one, these are like- but not the other? Uh. There's this character that they added to Arcana Heart Three Love Max. God, that's a terrible title. Yeah, but um, they added her. Her name <laughs> is like Palace or Palas, uh-huh. and she's like absurdly broken. She's like equivalent to like. Megalomania Eno that I mentioned from like Guilty Gear X2 eons ago, mm. who like where like they gave her moves that just would not be fair to have her used by another player. Uh, so you cannot select. Yeah, her. the the boss in Street Fighter Three has like he has um, a remove called Resurrection. So I mean, you had to beat him normally like out of three rounds. Well, isn't it the guy who's half blue and half red? Yeah, he's fire and ice. So um, you have to beat him out of three rounds. But then, like, in one of them, he's going to use Resurrection. So you have to beat him again after that. And then he's got, like, this crazy super move that's, like, a full screen. I don't think you can block it. You just have to be ready for it. Speaking of crazy final stuff. bosses and fighters, the character I just mentioned. Gil. His name is Gil. Good old Gil. Gil. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need any luck. He's just a jerk. Yeah. But, like, between um, the character I mentioned earlier, mm. but then there was one other character. And both these are characters who I fought for, like, over two hours each Trying to win because I'm, I'm going to beat this game, and it was the boss from Super Street Fighter 4, from Street Fighter Four, the guy who had that special where he sucked you into his stomach and then shoot you at the screen. Yeah, that's that's the guy. That's that's the guy who um who Bison chose to be his body. Oh, the real the new guy he was his body. Seth. Yeah, Seth is a jerk. Okay, that that's how deep this game run Street Fighter and all these other games run. Seth is the is the was the boss from Street Fighter Four was named after an American player. Really? His name is Seth Killian, or S-Kill. Or I S-Kill. heard of that guy. Yeah, he he was um, big in the competitive tournament scene for Street Fighter 3, and then went off to work for Capcom as kind of like a... Uh, community liaison? Yeah, yeah. Com- so that's how I know Yeah, him. yeah, American like community leader. Um, yeah, and so he was named after that character, Seth. Yeah, that is a, I did not know that part. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, I did know about him because of the liaison thing, because he would come up in like Kotaku articles here and there back in the day. Oh yeah, like if someone's going to talk about Street Fighter, it's usually him. I haven't seen him around any much anymore. I hope everything's okay. He'd probably just step back and start doing his own thing. Yeah, the game is games are really different now. But so I haven't played a lot of fighting games recently. I kind of I was getting into five when five came out, and I got a, I got a PlayStation Four just to play it. And honestly, uh, not really now it's it all about Gungeon and board yeah, games. board games. And DDO. Yep. Oh, yeah. DDR is eternal. It is eternal. It, it will be in my life forever. <laughs> um, so I'm going into my last track. I'm very, very different from this one. We're going smooth, sexy jams. This is the King of Fighters 98 Ultimate Match for the Sega Dreamcast. This one is composed by Shinsekai Gakyoku Satsugiden and Hideki Asanaka, also known as Shavi. guy sounds like the sequel to the greatest anime ever written. I know, right? Um, and this track is called Cool Jam, the Stormy Saxophone Number 3, and is the theme of Yori Yagami and Kyo Kusanagi.
listening to Cool Jam, Stormy Saxophone, number three. <laughs> the theme of Iori Yagami and Kyo Kusanagi from the game King of Fighters 98 Ultimate Match for the Sega Dreamcast, composed by Shinsaki Kakioku Zatsukudin and Hideki Asanaka, also known as Sha-V. Now, do these Ooh. characters have a particular relationship, or is it, do you think it was just them saying, hey, we need to have two characters share a stage? No, um, so these are like the, these are the, the, the classic like nemesis game fighters in the game. So oh. yeah, uh, Kyo Kusanagi is like the good guy. He wears like the cool jacket. And he always the one that has like the rope that ties between his legs. Yeah, he always wears like the, um, like the, the, yeah, <laughs> he has the rope between his legs and, and he's got like kind of like the weird jacket that's kind of half. It's got like a moon on the back. Which for the record, and I know he fights with his legs a lot too. I don't know how that's even feasible. Yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> they're 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 like weird like punk rock bondage pants. That's that's all that is. Yeah. <laughs> Glad a friend back in the day she used to cosplay as that character a lot, and I'm like, how are you walking around with that? <laughs> like, aren't you going to trip or something? Um, yeah, there's some kind of like weird like magic power, and like he's got the evil version, and Keo has the good version. But for whatever reason, when those two fight together, it gets. Funky. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is so funky. Some might say it becomes a bit of a cool jam. It's a cool jam. Marie. <laughs> yeah, I, I love everything about this. I love the cheesy saxophone sample. I love that bass line. That slap bass is so good. Yeah, weird track to fight to also. Like, it doesn't get me pumped to beat someone up. It makes me want to sit down <laughs> in the roof. Yeah, the, um, yeah the, the, the King of Fighters games... Um, the earlier ones, anyway, they're, they're kind of all over the place, but, but most of the tracks are kind of funky and cool, jazzy. Um, they're really cool. So this game came out. This is this was one of, I don't think it was a launch game, but it was one of the really, really early launch games of the Sega Dreamcast. Because that came out in 9999, right? Yeah. yeah. So, that was the launch day. Um, and this is King of Fighters 98, which is kind of a combination of characters and stages from the past like five or six titles of the King of Fighters games all thrown together which is why it's called the ultimate match and i wasn't really into it i was just a street fighter player all the way through but i'm a friend of mine uh, from whom he's from trinidad and he, he recently moved back but he um he got me into it he's like you gotta play this thing it's crazy there's all these weird characters and they're all like strange like weird stereotypes of all these different countries like worse than street fighter because yeah, i remember certain characters though i might be thinking about fatal Fu- no, no i am thinking about fatal fury because that was the guy who had like He's like the Krog Magal like dressed character, but he's almost probably he was Fatal Fury now. Well, he might be in the King of Fighters game. So Robert, was it Robert? A uh, Rugal? No, yeah, yeah. It's, I think his name is Robert something. Yeah, but he's I think he's in this one too. Um, so King of Fighters has uh, Fatal Fury, which is SNK. It has Art of Fighting, which is SNK, and I think a few others like all are SNK. Yeah, all the all the other their other characters. Um, uh, Asuka, who is from Psycho Force, which is like a weird. Platformer, hmm. um, the uh, the Akari Warriors, yeah, Rolf and Ralph and Robert, so, so, <laughs> and there was like a, a lady who was like a blonde lady too. Mm-hmm. It's weird that I know certain bits, but yeah, not the entirety, not like, the whole thing. You remember bits of this, but anyway, the uh, SNK fighters, especially like being in the King of Fighters, aren't they're known for really really good looking sprite artwork. So it's all pixel art, with just lots of frames of animation, really well done. It's, it, even like when other games were going 3D, like even Street Fighter was going 3D, SNK was still producing King of Fighters in two-dimensional sprites. Mm. And it looked awesome. That's it. This was my introduction into it. 
And I will say, like, while I didn't play them, I had I would go to hang out in Pennsylvania. There's a group I would hang out with that would play like fighting games, like in a rotation bit, like it's like a regular thing they would do. Yeah. And even though I didn't play, it was surprisingly entertaining sometimes to watch these guys throw down with these characters in these games. They would play they would play tech and tag a lot. Yeah. And they would fun. play these classic, you know, SNK fighters. And whew. It got it got interesting to watch, though I was terrible at them. And I was like, "Hey, come on, gotta switch over to something else like Money Idol Exchange, <laughs> something I can something play. I can, yeah, something I can be involved in." Yeah, but the King of Fighters games is different from Street Fighter, so they're both two dimensional, you know, on a two D plane um, fighting games. Very technical, though. I want to yeah, say, yeah, these are very technical. Um, and King, King of Fighters it's usually uh, three on three, mm-hmm. so as soon as one guy you lose a character, you have two more backup. So rather than going over the course of three rounds, you're playing three characters against their three characters. Not at the same time, but individually. So I think I even had a trio. I would use my... Mm-hmm. There was a girl named, like... Was it Athena? Oh, Athena. I said ask earlier. I meant Athena. Yeah, she's from another SNK-like... From Athena? Yeah, platform game. Was it called Athena? It was called Athena. Yeah, I think it was... No, called... they gave her, like, street clothes and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was called, like, Psycho Wars or Psycho Battles. I can't remember the name of it. In America, it was just Athena, but mm. they probably made, like, sequels from that. But Athena was, like, an old... Originally arcade game, but it was on an NES at one point, too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost positive it's the exact same Athena that they tweaked her character design. Yep, that was her. Um, And then there was another girl named, like, Yuri... I think it was. Yeah, Yuri. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was. I think she was one of the bad, one of the bad guys, like henchmen or something. And she was like, basically, you know, always pick women. Mm-hmm. And there, like, there's a there's a lot. Like the roster in this game is definitely like all over the place. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. There's um uh, uh, uh King, and she was like a Tie Fighter, and she wore like a suit. Yeah, she's like I thought she was a bartender. Probably like a bartender suit. She looks really cool. Um, there was Blue Mary. Remember Blue Mary? She had like the blue hair. Uh huh. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool characters in this game. And honestly, they—I mean—and the franchises, even though you don't hear about them too much, mm-hmm. I feel like there's like still talk of like them getting a revival. Heck, Samurai Showdown is getting a revival. Yeah, soon. that's also SNK. The, the, the last King of Fighters to come out, they they moved, they went to move to 3D, and people were really up in arms about how bad it looked, but it still played really good. <laughs> Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, it's called King of Fighters 12 or King of Fighters 13. I don't know. I don't know what they're up to. They started numbering them. King of Fighters numerology. Or before it was, yeah, numerology. Before it was just the year that it came out. I remember when 99 came out, um, a bunch of friends of mine, we all went to New York City to go to Chinatown Chinatown Fair Arcade to play the new King of Fighters. Those, those were the days, yeah, man. Like that's, that, was, that was what we were there for, to play King of Fighters. Like, go to New York, go to Times Square. Eh. Of course, at the time, I was also discovering DDR, and then my life changed. <laughs> Didn't care anymore about anything else. Hitting a marrow. Yeah, it's like it's like a drug addict, right? And then I discovered the DDR. <laughs> hey Max, I tell me why I can get more of them arrows. <laughs> I was on the street asking for quarters. <laughs> um, all right, so we're on to your final track. What you got? Heavy or light? Oh, that's you know me. I like to go light, but okay. Well, there wh- it is. Whatever's in your heart. They're both in my heart. I'm conflicted. Oh, okay. okay. So we're going to go from the game that Rob. Clearly knew I was going to pick as my last game. You know it. Um, I'm already typing it. (laughs) (laughs) The game is called Guilty Gear X2. X2, all right. And the track title is called A Simple Life, and is composed by my boy, Daisuke Ishiwatari.
Okay, so when I said light, I meant light for the options that were available. You meant like this is this is it's it's major, definitely not minor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not an evil sounding track. Like a lot of Guilty Gear music is, it's like heavy business. I mentioned yeah. earlier to Rob, I was like the other track I was going to pick was called Bloodstained Lineage. So <laughs> compare that to A Simple Life, and there you go. <laughs> it's like, but this was A Simple Life from the game Guilty Gear X Two. Or cross to that's probably what it was supposed to be. I don't know. I, I think it is X because there was a Guilty Gear X. Yeah, and I'm not sure what cross would refer to anyway. Here, it's not no one's crossing over. Um, but it's composed by Daisuke Ishiwara, one of the kingpin guitar composers of the video game compo- composition scene. Yeah. So, Guilty Gear. Well, aside from how I was introduced to it, which was surprisingly like similar to the last game, whereas Rob and I were at a mall down in like Virginia. I don't remember why we were in there. A mall in Virginia. It was a mall. I think it was like Springfield Mall. If not there, the only other place it would have been is Waldorf, Maryland. Hmm. Also a mall, though. <laughs> and uh, we, were, we were at GameStop. Oh, we were visiting somebody. Yeah. We were down there for a specific purpose. Yes. And while we were at the GameStop down there, someone put it on to me because it was like on the TV. And they were talking about, you might like this game. This game is like crazy. It's got weird characters. And they started explaining who they were. And once they brought up Milia Rage, who is a character who fights by manipulating her hair. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I was so. <laughs> I, forgot about I was so. This game's got some crazy characters. There's like a, a character who fights with a pool cue, yep. and it has like um, uh, pool balls like float in the air, and then you hit them and they attack the characters. It's crazy stuff. Just crazy stuff. Amazing characters, mm-hmm. and the OST is like the solid rock. And oh, then like man. the yeah. character that this is based for is Bridget. Bridget. Is a weird character too. Yeah. So Bridget is a boy who was born into a village where, due to being born as a boy, they were going to either kill or sacrifice him. I can't remember which of the two it was. <laughs> so when her, I didn't know this. Yeah. So what his parents did <laughs> These was games are weird, they sent him <laughs> off to a monastery, okay, disguised him as a girl, and passed him off as a girl, and the nuns raised him as a woman. Oh wow. So it's a boy dressed as a girl who is a nun who fights with a yo a set of yo-yos. Oh, weird! And a psychic teddy bear named Roger. Wow! And a psychic teddy bear it is amazing. Wow! Bridget is a hysterically cool character, and was, I use Bridget all the time. So Bridget was Bridget ended up being your main in that game, or was it still uh, Milia Rage? Millie, I don't even really have a main. I like too many. It's, it's Bridget, Milia Rage, um, Jam. Like, oh like, yeah, she fought with a guitar. Yeah. No, no, no. That's Eno. Oh, but Eno's awesome too. Uh, there's just so many great characters yes, in this game. So crazy. Biking, who has is a one-eyed, one-armed samurai. Yeah, she's awesome. Her her music we played on the show. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like that 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 theme the theme they created for that character is is really cool. But what makes Guilty Gear what sets it apart first of all is when it first came out on the PlayStation One mm-hmm. was the high resolution graphics. Mm-hmm. It was all hand drawn. And the resolution was so much higher than anything on the PlayStation at the time. Um, it just it looked like nothing else. And the load times, I mean, were also there too. Uh, but it was like incredible looking. I like yeah. the speed of it all too. It's yeah, a very it's, fast game. It plays very fast, but there's also a mechanic in the game. I forget what it's called. Roman cancels? No. Oh, yeah, or that, burst? No, it's the one-shot death. Oh, instant kill. Instant has, yeah. 
and the name's right there, Instant Kills, <laughs> um, where they're really hard to pull off. It, it doesn't happen all the time. You can only do it once for the entire match, and yeah. if you fail, your super meter falls apart. And it's easy to miss, but you can end the entire, not just the match, but the entire game right then and there. And it's, and it's still like a mainstay of the series, as they're still making these games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's it's really interesting, because it's like, it's like almost like a Hail Mary in that game. It's, it's not even really a comeback mechanic. It's just like, Suddenly you have it. Suddenly you gotta use it. And it's amazing it's really because cool. people would like people who aren't in the know would say that sounds pretty cheap. But to pull it off well, oh, you have to be on your game. Yeah, like they're not crazy. easy to land. And uh, funny thing, you know, Persona at one point, Arc System Works made a Persona fighting game called oh, that's you know, right, yeah. Persona Ultimax Arena. Mm-hmm. They carried over the instant kill mechanic into that game too. I, mm-hmm. I know that every character has an instant kill move in that. I don't recall if it kills your super bar, but I'm pretty sure it does because they make they always make the penalty very harsh for if you miss. Huh. But like I I adore this game. I still play it to this day. I bought Guilty Gear Zerd. <laughs> weird name. Yeah, I know, right? Zerd. Um, but I bought that for the PS4 and I dabble with that, even though I'm horrible at it. Um, but if they make another one, I'll probably jump on that too because I'm I'm just pleased. Why games like I like weird characters, I like awesome music in my fighters. So even though I'm doing a terrible job at playing them, I am thoroughly entertained as I proceed yeah. through my session. Yeah, it, it's Guilty Gear. I mean, I feel like the rock because his Daisuke Ishiwatari has been involved since the beginning, mm-hmm. and um, I think they know that like that's that's what's holding it. That that's what's going to keep the players' attention is, is the combination of everything yeah like yeah. they it's almost like taking yuzo mm. koshiro out of streets of rage like it just doesn't it doesn't i mean so it's much. still a fun game still looks great still plays great but, but it's, it's not the total not, package not the same all right well i'm gonna turn the track down and we're gonna get into the part of the show that we call the bonus round bonus round <laughs> bonus round that's <laughs> it you sounded kind of like roger right there Oh, we love Roger from uh, um, Guilty Gear. He's like you he framed he's Roger. Got a, no, no, from Guilty Gear. Oh, from the Teddy Bear. He has that a voice that's like, like, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a deep voice teddy bear. Well, the, the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements based on our theme. And mine is, it's from the game, but it was remixed later on. So this is from Street Fighter Three Third Strike. It's uh, the character select screen, Let's Get It On. Um, and then it was. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. Not, not quite, but it was. Um, it was in the online edition that came out for the Xbox 360, and then it's been re-released in other plays. Um, it's originally composed by Hideki Okugawa with lyrics by Infinite, as the rapper's name, and then it was remixed, and then also I think they added additional lyrics again by the same artists, Hideki Okugawa and Infinite. Select the one to fight with, get it on. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Think and choose the right one, get it on. Five, four, three, two, one, yeah. Select the one to fight with, get it on. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six. Think and choose the right one, get it on. Five, four, three, two, one. It's time for you to get into the character. You hit a loser, hit a win. I'm only asking you. Either you beat him or you beat him like an amateur. Either you drive or you get driven like a passenger. The fight's around the corner. So pick the one you want to. Represent your way, go head to head with your opponent. Fill it in the air. Attention is electric. The glory's imminent. This is something epic. This for what it is. So what you gonna do when your enemy is standing right in front of you? Are you gonna lose? Are you gonna prove to everyone and never 
Character Select Screen, Let's Get It On Remix. That's in Street Fighter 3, Third Strike Online Edition, composed by Hideki Okugawa, with lyrics by Infinite. Also remixed by Hideki Okugawa and Infinite. Pretty, pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, I like this. Mm. You had a very lyric-heavy episode with yeah, your stuff. I, we've had people write in and say, hey, you, know, you guys don't do a lot of um, lyrics like a lot of tracks with lyrics in them, and um, I find them just kind of rare in the scene as a whole. Like they usually come up as openers and closers to games. Yes, and aside from that, they may be like special treats or like because even when you think of fighters, like how many fighting games do you think of where vocalized tracks are regular tunes within mm-hmm. the game, not openers or closers. Otherwise, you'd be like indestructible. I love that song. That was almost my song. I love indestructible. <laughs> it's a banger. <laughs> but no, uh, I think I think around around the time of Street Fighter Three, lyrics were making a huge appearance, and especially in fighting games. So remember, think of like Marvel Capcom too. Oh, that's true. I take you for oh. a ride. Dig it, dig it. So dig it, dig it, it, it. even if it's it. like little little. Just clips imagine us. We do it. Just imagine us doing it for another twenty mm-hmm. minutes, and you're good. Yeah, then you're fine. But yeah, Street Fighter Three had a lot of rap tracks by Infinite, um, and then they were done over again with the online edition because everyone like everyone remembers the music and loved it so much. They said we got to bring it back, but bring it back like in Pog form. Yeah, we got to like the original. You can you can play the game with the original music; mm-hmm. it still exists, but or you can play it with the remixed versions, and they're pretty good. Also, for the record, I might be in the minority here, but I love when games get re-released and they go the extra mile to do remixes and mm-hmm. like updates of the tracks. Now, don't get me wrong. I want the option to the old stuff in case the remixes suck, but just having that option there just feels good, and it makes me look forward to hearing what they did yes. with my favorites. That in itself could I like be an incentive to buy a new a re-release of a game. They do that a lot with the, um, the King of Fighters games. As they get re-released, there's lots of arrangements of all their tracks. That are uh, the new instrumentation and stuff. It's almost like Falcom Sound Team, you know, like yeah. the E series. Uh, but no, Street Fighter Three Third Strike is my favorite fighting game ever, hands, ever, hands down. Really? Yeah, music, 
graphics, gameplay. There's that Ninja Girl. There's nothing else. Yeah, the, um, Ibuki. Ibuki. I almost called her Shinopi, <laughs> Shinopi or something. Shinopio. <laughs> Shinopio. Um, Ibukio. She, uh, yeah, it's got so many crazy characters. The music is, it's so different, especially when it came out. It was different from everything else, um, especially with, I mean, with rap music and the opening and, and in the characters. The first thing you see when you see this game is you hear rap music and the attract uh, music and the opening. And then when you, even when you just start the game, there's more rap music during the character select screen. So it's just immediately telling you right away, Guy this game is different. Took a trip to New York. I was like, I got to bring this yeah. back. Um, it definitely has a lot of club music and all of the tracks. There's a lot of drum and bass music and jungle music in um, a lot of the stages. And actually, I talk about that a lot on the VG Embassy uh, coming up at the end of this month. So we'll, I'll talk about that then at length because I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that that's my last track, uh, Purnell. What you got for the bonus round? So funny thing. Um, and this is probably going to be coming up later. Well, I'll bring it up a bit, but I ended up picking a track from a game that I've wanted to pick from for a very long time. Just never got around to it because in my mind, it just never really fit our usual flow of the show. Mm-hmm. But this was a nice excuse to cheat the system, bust it out. What am I talking about? Well, that would be the game Super Smash Brothers. All right. My favorite party brawler. That's right. I said that. <laughs> party brawler. It's it's fun at a party. And people, it's a brawler. And it can be taken at a competitive level. Yeah. Sure. But it's or a, you can ride a skateboard and carry a magic wand. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. All sorts of stuff. You can have Pikachu fight, I don't know, Zelda. It's fine. You can have Pikachu stare at a Maxim Tomato and then make funny animations when you pause the game. I love it. Does, so does he do it? Actually, I don't know about the animations thing, but you can pause the game and get like weird poses. Like, he look at him, look at that. It's like a whole sub scene of the game. I would just where pause. People will pause the game at weird scenarios and like tweak it to get the right angle, and then take a snapshot. I'm like, look at this wacky setup they got going <laughs> yeah. here. Look at these funny smash. Cameras. All right, we gotta keep talking about this. But what's what's your track you're playing? So this is a remix mm-hmm. of the Super Mario Brothers Three like Fortress theme, I think. I'll hear it again, and then it'll click out of nowhere, because right now it's eluding me. I want to say it's the airship theme or something, but mm. we'll get to that. Anyway, the track's actual title in Smash Brothers Ultimate is the Fortress Boss New Remix from Super Mario Bros. 3. And it's, it was arranged by Akihiro Honda. And the original, of course, Koji Kondo. The man.
freaking god, man. Yeah, that's... This is a... It has so many... It's only like two tracks, too. It's the it's the mini-boss battle music mm-hmm. and the Winter Wonderland got map ev- theme. It's got everything, man. It's got that... The violin is amazing. That flute solo. Wind instruments. A flute solo. Yes. It's so cool. Like, I actually have friends. Wow. Friends. I have one friend who hates Smash Brothers with a passion. That's oh, me, right? Well, okay, two friends. No, no, I don't hate it. I just don't. <laughs> I just, I just don't prefer to play it. <laughs> and here's the thing: like, and my thought is, even if you don't like Smash Brothers mm-hmm. as a game, the music is worth your time for that alone. Yeah, like, it's so much of it. Like, I play way more games than I've got time for. Everyone knows this. And unfortunately, Smash Brothers is one of those games that fell by the wayside after it came out. Yeah, well, it requires some dedication. A lot of fighting games just require that dedication to a single a single game. Yeah, unfortunately, whether it be because you need um, whether it be because you need to actually get um the unlocks for the characters, right. or if you just need to outright master a character, time is required for this game, and I haven't put it in. But that I started playing it again after choosing this track. <laughs> And honestly, I think we're going to have to do one sometime in the near future, like a Smash Brothers episode. Yeah, I think so. I think that's going to be a very popular episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have no idea how the bonus round itself will work. We'd have to do something weird for that because yeah. you really can't cover a game about covers. <laughs> but um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something yeah, out. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out for sure. But no, great, great choice. I like I like all the turns this track takes. And it just gets you pumped. Like Yeah, that when it, when it loops back around. Because the first time, the first time it kicks in, it's got that fast beat. I'm like, okay, this is fun. But then when it loops back around again, it feels like it's right here. Yeah, it almost feels like it's bigger. You know, like it almost feels like it's faster, even though it hasn't changed. It's just looped over. And this but is, it feels faster. It's, and this is that's what I cool. Because like, imagine yeah. fighting to this. Like yes. as frantic as a Smash mm. Brothers battle is, with this track in the background, it, you would feel it. Right. So in, in Smash Brothers, you have up to four players, right? Well, now up to like eight. Right. Eight players. It's absurd. Like so, you don't even try to win. So they're at that all point. technically on the same screen. The camera moves back and forth. So usually, you have just two characters back and forth on a on a single plane, and the uh, there's a wall behind your character because the screen only goes so far. Mm-hmm. Smash Brothers goes back the whole way. Um, in a 2D fighting game, there's usually o- over three rounds. Mm-hmm. Round will end. Go to the next one. Round will end. Go to the next one. The music doesn't usually change. This is just. Everyone goes all at the same time. People yep. get knocked out over the course of whatever, but the, the matches don't stop and start again. That's right. So I feel like the music has to reflect that. The music's got to be one long montage, essentially, or like a, a medley of just awesomeness. And honestly, it's very rare, yeah. very rare that they don't pull it off. I mean, there's something to be said about a game where across the series, they have created almost 900 tracks. And there's... Hardly a dud among them. Yeah, they're all really great, and they're all different too. Like they're all done in different styles and different genres, different instruments. Mm-hmm. Very cool, and I adore it. And yeah. Like it makes me just like I said, I want to play more. I just wish I were so bad at it. Favorite character from childhood, of course, was Kirby. Uh, who's who's your current favorite character in Smash Bros? He's not really considered good, but Mega Man. Like when they announced that Mega Man was in the That's game, fine, I yeah. lost my Cheetos. That, I, I, when I heard that Mega Man was going to be in um, a, a Capcom fighting game, that's that's I why I bought it. Never good with him, but I love playing as him. Oh, made a hole. Yeah, and I was beating people with the rush drill super was glorious. Oh, it was the best. But anyway, so for more information on the bonus round part of the show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to the band camps and SoundClouds and 
when we normally have remixers and, and cover bands on the show, you can download their music and support those artists. Thanks for joining us on Rhythm and Pixels, episode 17-10. We're listening to our favorite games this month, and this was fighting games. This was enjoyable. Like I I had a feeling I could at least hold my own with how you are with fighting games, but this worked very well. I I realize I have a lot to say about this this genre, about the competitive scene, about how they're all played. Yeah, I have a lot to say um, about fighting games. I love them. I mean, as much as I'm, I go in and out of them, I, I think I just go into phases of like my interest level in certain things. And yeah. fighting games is definitely when I'm in it, I am like lost. And there's something to be said about them. They carry mm. multiple purposes, like similar to how music games were for a lot of people. I feel like even though you'll get the occasional douche canoe, you will ultimately end up in a scene where fighting games can bring a lot of people together. Oh, socially, yeah, absolutely. There's the, the social aspect of fighting games. I mean, it's, it's I think it's why it's so popular. The the, the idea of the original idea of going into an arcade and then playing with a complete stranger competitively like it, they, they took a gamble when they released that they didn't think people were going to be interested but it created like a whole thing and it's like something to be said about when a match is over he's like hey man that thing you did with the inverted hurricane kick yeah. that was amazing well th- I mean like think about it, like like arcade games like uh, back in the late 80s early 90s like think about like Pac-Man, right? Even if it's two-player, you're like, hey, you want to play two-player? Like, you're taking turns, right? Yeah. Or um, you're, you're choosing to play with somebody you know already. With fighting games, some, someone's already playing, you just walk up and challenge them. I mean, there's... You push the button, like, new challenger appears. Yeah, exactly. And, like, suddenly it's on. And, like, if you win, you stay on the machine. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's a huge... That's 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 how it is today. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Um, anybody I said very, this king I said how cool things are over and over again I think it's great how how it creates kind of a, a whole social aspect of the arcade scene that really wasn't there before and would it can you, it persists to this day even online would you call it a cool jam I think it's pretty cool Purnell <laughs> <laughs> ooh it's pretty cool so we're ending on more Alpha 3 uh, theme of Sakura this is a good honestly I like this better than the one I originally was thinking about because this fits the ending a lot more yeah. than Stripes would have yeah she's got a few different themes but I, I like this one a lot and it sounds like kind of the end of the show kind of oh, yeah. music yeah very relaxed chill like this isn't like a typical Sakura theme I don't think but I honestly kind of maybe I like it more than her usual jingle oh yeah yeah it doesn't need that high energy schoolgirl beat it's <laughs> this sounds like more like a spring day yeah, it does. It does sound like kind of like a spring day. I do. I do like that. Um, I think it's. I think it's that that little keyboard sound in the background. Um, but anyway, before we go, are there any other fighting games in your top list that you that you really enjoyed? Hard to say. Like I, mean, I mentioned, Arcana Hearts, um, Rival School would definitely fit the plug. I yeah, would say. Yeah, definitely. I put a lot of time into that. I almost picked from this series, but I didn't find any music that I really wanted to showcase. At least not from the first one, which is what I think counts more as a fighting game. But Power Stone. Yes, not Power Stone fits in there. Yeah, Power Stone one. I would say Power Stone. Yeah, Power yeah. Stone two kind of does, but it's more. Like, I guess it's like Smash Brothers. It's, yeah, it's like Smash Brothers. That's how I feel. But when I think of, it's weird. Like I'll consider Smash Brothers a party brawler kind of fightery, but. Even though this other game is just 
Power Stone with more characters and wacky stages like Smash has, mm-hmm. I still didn't want to think of that when I thought about favorite brawlers. I want to think specifically about Power Stone 1. Mm-hmm. I was zeroed in on that. And when I was listening to the music, because I don't remember much of the music from the game, I was like, I want to, I really don't want to showcase any of this. I'll choose something else. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 tough. We really wanted to play music from the games that we loved, and sometimes it's like, oh, well, maybe the music was better in other places. Yeah. Yeah, my top uh, games I didn't choose from eventually was uh, Soul Calibur. Ooh, nice so A lot of, lot of hours in that game. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Mm-mm, good um, pick. I, I feel like I played that game until the game changed. Um, the, the way people played the game. Hyper, wiper, viper. <laughs> yeah, changed a lot. Um, uh, yeah, Tekken. Uh, Tekken 2 and Tekken Tag put a lot of time into those two games and then also um, remember that old uh, Squaresoft fighting game Air Guys Air Guys I liked a lot now Yo that, Yo Yoko baby that was um, that was uh, produced or not produced it was designed by the guy who did The World's Ends With You and, and uh, was Final it? Fantasy VII. yeah uh, with Tetsuya Nomura? yeah Tetsuya Nomura which is why it has a very dark kind of different kind of feel to it I never knew that. Mm-hmm. I just learned about that listening to the Retronauts podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah. All I remember about Air Guys, aside from like, you know, just like marketing and stuff, is that they were like, hey, we're going to shove these two Final Fantasy Seven characters in there while the iron is hot and see if you can get extra sales. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it was it was in the arcade. They were unlock- three, actually. Yeah, they were unlockable characters were from Final Fantasy Seven, And they were like, oh, wow, that's really cool. But it was so popular. And then Final Fantasy Seven took off like so much that mm-hmm. when they released it on the PlayStation at home, they said, throw everybody in there. Yeah, get them in there. Every character, even Red 13, throw them in there. And I'm not going to lie. Wait, Red 13 was in it? Yeah. I don't remember that, but that's honestly why I bought Air Guy. So yeah, it's, it did work. It did. The, it's, a, it's a fun game, a very different kind of like, it controlled like a Power Stone where it's not like on a 2D 360. plane. It's yeah, all 360 movement. But it was hard to get really good at it, at least for me, because the moves were really... They weren't simple moves at all Yeah, on a 360 plane. So, like, Yo-Yo Yoko had one move where it required her to do a 360 spin two times. And then, like, two buttons. Oh, I was never good at those movements. Those were all, like, the Zangief, like, uh, um, of spinning. Mm-hmm. Um, My whole thing with driver. her was I'd just do the walk the dog where she'd just, like, drop the SPD. Yo-Yo and drag it behind her and trip people. It was glorious oh man but like yeah and honestly an honorable an honorable mention fighting game that i used to like as a as a, a um, early adult but mm-hmm. didn't get to play with too many was slap happy rhythm busters which was a weird japan only fighting game i gotta look that one up after the show i've never heard of that one slap happy rhythm Busters. i love the name of that that sounds like <laughs> something that you would play my favorite character was two <laughs> girls and one of the girls stood on the shoulders of the other and they had brass like spiked knuckles that's amazing i gotta look at that that sounds crazy I found some weird games back when I was really diving into imports. Yeah, I feel like when the, the fighting games definitely hit a peak. There was like, like a, a, a Street Fighter Two hit a big peak of like um, popularity with these games. Uh, Mortal Kombat, obviously, from um, the name anymore. Um, Nether Realm Studios NRS. Um, they've uh, Mortal Kombat One, Mortal Kombat Two, Mortal Kombat Three. Like they had its own popularity. I never really got into them. I liked them when I was younger because they were hyper violent. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm older, I'm like, eh, I don't play like that. I want them to. Yeah, like once once the luster of the oh wow, there's blood went away. I was like, where's the fun? Where's the game? The, the last the last um, generation of it was so violent and actually kind of turned me off. And now I'm 
Now they're making a new one, and they, it's turned up even further than that, and I can't even sit through the trailers. You can rip out his spine and then play jump rope with it. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. There's something like there's something really innocent about playing, like, Doom on the old PC. Like, I got a chainsaw, and, like, the blood is really just, like, these big red squares. And yeah. now it's like, oh, it's kind of gross. But I got to say, like, and this comes up a lot with me in just general discussion. Like, mm-hmm. so there are two things I like to get exploited in games mm-hmm. or views or plays. Violence and sex. Sure. Now, I feel like good games are the ones where it's like they end up throwing it in there, but either A, you're not interested in those things, but the gameplay draws you so much that you're like, I'm just going to deal with it despite these things I don't want. Yeah. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where it's like the person will go out and buy it because they're in there, <laughs> but then once the luster wears off, we like, before, like, hey, what's the game? Like, now nah, I don't care about this stuff. What am I playing? Oh, this is stupid. Yeah, well, I mean, we've gone 90 minutes into this show where we finally really should talk about how those two things are exploited over and over again by Capcom um, and all these other games. I mean, like, as cartoony as some of these things are, it's violence. Oh, yeah. It is, you know, fighting against other players. And as cartoony as this stuff is, Capcom doubled down on the sex appeal in Street Fighter V. Really? To the point where it's ridiculous, yeah. Huh. Yeah, or, or the Dead or Alive series. Oh, Dead or, Dead uh, or Alive is a weird one because it like, started as just being hysterical. Oh, it was so funny. But and th- Who didn't turn the age up to 99 <laughs> because it's just stupid. It was yeah. stupid. It's so funny. They were like, okay, we made a really good 3D fighting system, and we made some weird physics for people's breasts. You know, it's very strange, like the little that niche that they made a- for themselves. It's that- like if, if, if NetherRealm Studio wanted to make a niche for themselves with hyper-violence, they wanted it to go on the opposite end of that spectrum. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird, too, because like it, as a, a Dead or Alive is a prime example of what mm-hmm. I was saying, because they threw, they hypersexualized the game, mm-hmm. but Dead or Alive was built on a core good fighter. It did. It was all about uh, reversals and um, counterattacks. Mm-hmm. Um, required like really good timing, and it was, it was really neat. They Actually, they, there's a new one coming out, and they're very... Um, they're advertising it as toning back the sex appeal which, which is, of course people are like, oh, you take away this or that like then play a different game well the hilarious thing is like hey if you really want it they have a like a 100 season pass oh like, yeah 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 it's all about the costumes and the players a 100 dollars well we pass. we can talk about fighting games all night long <laughs> we probably could so let's um let's let's finish up here if you want to get in contact with us um, tell us what your favorite fighting games are, or um, if you have suggestions for future episodes, send us an email. Rhythmandpixels.hotmail.com. Um, if you'd like a full track listing from all of our episodes and access to all of our episodes and access to all the other cool stuff we're doing, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. And if mm-hmm. you're interested in unlocking all of our various voice tracks, new costumes, <laughs> and special animations, you can always just pay for our $200 Holy crap, those guys just did that season pass. Or if you're a real gamer, you listen to us on hard mode. <laughs> no, 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 no. You listen to the podcast on nightmare mode, which is um, uh, it's just going to be on your iPhone. Oh, Emily. On your iPhone speaker um, while you're on the bus. Oh, my God. I, I, that was probably the best aspect of that trip, by the way. It was just Emily's like, heart. Like We were talking about how I play Ease and... Um, how the difficulty I'm playing on this nightmare mode is the hardest difficulty like, in the what game. Are, what, you do everything on nightmare mode. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> so, like, what else do you do on nightmare mode? Like, what else would consider nightmare mode? Like, going to the grocery store on nightmare mode would be like constantly being stalked through the grocery store <laughs> by like a serial killer. 
you have to get all your groceries and then pay for them before he catches you. Or, uh, <laughs> like, just, I want to come up with more things like that because uh, it was just such a hilarious idea. Yeah, I think we should just do a whole Nightmare Mode episode. That would be so funny. We're the whole <laughs> Write episode. it down. I'm messing with you. All no, right. we're, we're doing it. You have the pen. Nightmare Mode episode. <laughs> all right. Um, oh, uh, so if you want to check us out on Facebook or Instagram, or Twitter, look us up. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. Check us out on YouTube. It's youtube.com slash rhythm and pixels. Again, it's all one word. Um, all the episodes are getting released there. So you get audio only episodes. Um, and we also have a 24 7 radio station playing nothing but 8 bit and 16 bit classics. If you want to support the show, hit subscribe button, tell your friends. Yeah, all that stuff's good. You can also go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels and you can help us out there. Um, there you'll have access to mixtapes of our episodes and access to a live streamed episode every month. And we'd like to thank all of the patrons at the end of every episode. So I would like to thank that Nick Walker versus Alex, the messenger messenger. Uh, so who won that one? I don't even know. I can't even. Uh, I, I, how that would work. I'm going to say Alex won that one. Okay. Well, you have a cool sort and a scroll. And right. We have a Steve Miller versus the autistic gamer. You gotta give it to Steve, man. Because he's got a band. He's got a bow staff and a band. He's got a band. All right, now we have a uh, Cameron Worma versus Christopher Shenstrom. I don't know, man. I mean, he does the current Cameron does the a really mean worm. He fights with his bass guitar. Oh, and, Shenstrom rocks out. Yeah. Damian Beckles versus Bobby Arson from the One Up Funk Band. Check him out on Instagram. We've got funk done. Oh man, Bobby Arson, kill it. Done up the funk. Uh, Wicked Sephiroth versus OK Impala. Oof. Well. Impala can get up to like 120 miles an hour. Sorry, buddy. Okay, Impala wins the match. Carlos Kung Fu Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast versus Henrik Anderson of the Commodore 64 Camouflage podcast. Well, one has actual martial arts background. The other is really good at avoiding him with his camouflage <laughs> abilities. So let's just call this a draw. Oh, it's a draw? Uh, but we got to have a winner. There's no winner. All right, they're both in. Carlito can't find him. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast versus Brian Pitt. I love you guys, but the sound version, man, he's just... Uh, you know, Michael, come on, it's, it's a joyful, like, rock out. Michael B. in the place to be. That's right. Kung Fu skills. Uh, Morton Gangso versus Chris Murray. Well, Chris Murray rocks the champagne. Oh, yeah. He'll get you drunk and smiling. Chris Murray gets Morton Gangso drunk and then wins. <laughs> uh, Jupiter Jazz versus Solus Sanctuary. Oh, that's a difficult one. Yeah. But I do know that, well, Solus Sanctuary, you know, it's a soul, she's a soul stealer. <laughs> that's a, that's, she uses arcane arts, so that's yeah, but Jupiter of, Jazz is from space. She has cosmic powers. That's a t- Jupiter Jazz wins. Ah! There's no bad answers. Uh, we have uh, Mix Six Master versus Joe Vassalo. Mm, the mix. Well, he's the master of the mix. I think this is another case of like this, they're going to ultimately going to be a draw because Mix Six Master brings the magic. Mm, all right, it's going to be dancing and joining together. All right, and then we have Chris Tinerson versus David Smith. Well, David Smith is going to bombard him with variations of his name. So yeah, David Smith wins. All right, real quick. Alex the Messenger versus... You know what? This can go on all night. They're really good. Uh, we would you like make to, a bracket? Oh, I made a bracket. I'd <laughs> like to thank the winners of the first bracket of our Patreon members. Um, Alex the Messenger, uh, Steve Miller, Cameron Werma, Bobby Arson, OK Impala, Henrik Anderson, Michael Bridgewater, Chris Murray, Jupiter Jazz, Mix Six Master, Joe Steenerson, and David Smith. You move on to the next round. 
Oh my god! <laughs> I think oh, did I'll, you type I'll, Joe Steenerson? I totally did. I was like looking. I was like Joe Steenerson. <laughs> Joe Steenerson. Your new name. Oh, thank you all. Thank you all so much. <laughs> oh mercy! Thank you all for the laughs. Is what this is. We um, have wonderful listeners. So yeah, if you would like for us to make fun of your name, go to Rhythm and Pixels. Go to patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels, and we'll do that there. No, no. Have fun with me. <laughs> and this is the end of season 17. Is it? Yeah. Next next week is round one of world 18. Mm. Hope yeah. it's not an ice level, because I ain't got time for that. Uh, we will be looking at another genre of our, our favorite games within a new genre. We're looking at, I think it's shmups. Yeah, shmups. But now I'm curious, should we consider platformers? I would be open to that. So it's going to be platformers or shoot-em-ups. Let us know in the chat. <laughs> Sounds good. It should be hard to pick from either of those. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to go too. So anyway, thanks for listening to Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernil. Have a great week. And remember, the internet is a great place to meet new people and talk shop about your favorite hobbies, activities, video games, blah, blah, blah. You know I'm going there, I didn't man. think you were going to say the word shop. Talk shop. <laughs> Get online and talk shop. Shop, shop. But while you're doing that, the most important thing is to not be a tool about it. I know it's hard for to not do, especially in the world where people and their everybody and their mom seems to want to be mean on the internet. But honestly, it just fosters a negative atmosphere. If somebody likes a game system, they like the system. And you don't have to like it too, but don't basically respond for the sole purpose of being like ah, what a loser you don't like my favorite whatever you know you can disagree without being jerks be kind be friendly to everybody on the internet and honestly just foster a healthy video gaming hobby with friends and strangers alike because what's the point in not doing this? I like that healthy video gaming habits hey. bye for now <laughs> a nice bag of Doritos and a Mountain Dew 220 ounces of perfect container. <laughs>